0: You are listening to the audio podcast of gethsemane baptist church located in long beach california pastored by eli reynolds okay all right there we go we are good to go thank you all for being in church here tonight Uh, i know there's other places that you could have been thank you for taking the time going to church and, and pleasing God with your obedience in going to church. It's the right thing to do. Uh, me and my wife were talking during the, the special. I know you're not supposed to do that. I'm sorry, Pastor, but we were talking during the special, and uh, we were thinking, you know what? I remember more than 20 years ago, or it was I think it was exactly 20 years ago, me and uh, Pastor Eli went to this crazy camp in Louisiana called Smite Camp, And uh, we really had no idea what we were stepping into. Um, If if you don't know what it is, it's a really intense, like, boot camp for Christianity. And I really didn't know what I was stepping into. My wife had already been there. Miss Faith had already been there. But I didn't know what I was stepping into. I don't know if, if a pastor knew either what we were getting into. And we felt like we were just a brand new people. That was 20 years ago, brother. That was a long time ago. We're now those old people that can talk about how long, like, decades that we've had. So this is kind of cool. So anyway, it's, it's a blessing to be able to know Pastor um, for that long, and their family, they're good, good friends of ours. And we don't keep in contact very well. I think one time we were going by Pastor's house a few years ago, and said, "Man, I'm so sorry I've not kept in contact." I was telling him. He said, "I'm so sorry I haven't kept in contact well enough over these years." He says, "I'm not sorry. This is the way it is." See, you in six years, <laughs> something like that. But they're good, good friends of ours, and I'm I'm very grateful to have their friendship. I'm grateful for y'all to have them as a pastor's family. You you don't know what you have. In their family, I'm serious. So let's take a quiz real quick. You're gonna like this one. How many different churches have you been to in your lifetime? How many different churches, Pastor? How many churches do you think you've been to in your lifetime? Think about it. Let's try to get a a high number here. Um, Miss Faith, how about you? Three? Three churches in your lifetime that you that you've visited. A lot, right? Uh, We're we're probably around 30, 40, somewhere around there. Uh, Pastor, probably a little bit around that anybody pushing 40? Four churches you visited. Okay, that works, okay? A lot of churches. Me and my family, we have visited how many churches? Several hundred churches. Just because of the style of life that we have, we go from church to church to church when we're in the States, and we see a lot of churches. We see a lot of pastors. We see a lot of different situations. You guys have a great situation. You have a wonderful pastor's family. Loves you, cares for you, don't ever despise it how do you despise your pastor by not taking advantage of the things that god has given him to gift to you so take advantage of every opportunity that you guys have to participate to pay attention to be here to serve everything that you can and god will bless it tremendously uh before we get into the message uh while we're talking about this everyone let's go to the book of acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27. Uh, Before we get into it, I have something I need to give to Pastor. I've heard uh, a story a few times, and uh, we were at their house this evening, or yesterday evening, and uh, Pastor gave me a little story, and I said, well, how did the story end? And he told me the story. How many of y'all have ever heard the story of the water eruption? Do y'all tell that story here or no? One time? Okay. Well, Pastor, here is a, uh there you go. (laughs) <laughs> well, now you can't say you don't have one, so you got one. All right. Um, so if you don't know the story behind that one, ask Pastor sometime. He'll, he'll give you the details on that. Um, we, we were in the country of Chile for about 10 years uh, back in 2020, 2020. We got there in 2010. And we were there until 2020. We had a few furloughs. We had to come back and take care of some medical stuff and then and different fundraising things we had to do. But in 2020, uh, we had some major health issues that started before COVID really got going with a vengeance. Uh, I brought my wife back to the States, left the kids with a babysitter on the other side of the world. That was an experience. And then brought her to the States, dropped her off with a family that was going to be taking care of her because she, she couldn't walk. She couldn't, she couldn't take care of herself. She was wheelchair bound. And for about a month and a half, really no memories of, of time, and what, what happened during that time. So it was really, really bad for her for a while. Um, and then, that was in January. Then I went back, uh, after one day in the States with her, I went back to go be with the kids, and we thought that she's gonna be in the States for maybe a month, maybe a month and a half. And once she felt better, then she would come back, and we'd keep on going. Uh, but that didn't happen. She never really started feeling better. And one month turned into two months, she turned into three months. Uh, At some point during that process, all of our passports were stolen when somebody robbed our house, so we couldn't get back to America because the embassy had shut down because of COVID. I mean, it was thing after thing after thing. We finally were able to get back. We were the, okay, who's ever been to Miami Airport? Anyone here have been to Miami? It is not a small place. What's been allowed, what's not been allowed. Um, So all this stuff happened. We stayed for a longer time at the church there than, than what we were planning on. We felt we were used. We, we, had a, we had a great job to be able to do, and we did the best that we could at that job and that whole time we continued uh, continued pastoring the church online and we would my wife would have lessons for the ladies uh, as often as she could and every week I would be on on the internet first of all with them in their houses because they couldn't leave out of their houses they could not go out onto the street without being some of them arrested uh, others having major fines it was it was crazy the the level of Of crazy that happened over there, but now they're coming out of it. They're meeting together again as a church. When I went back in March of this last year, most everybody that was in that church when I left came back together again. We were thrilled to see that. That first visit, we saw people saved and baptized uh, because now we have a hot water baptistry. Brother, we are the only church that I know of in Eureka that has a hot water baptistry. We are blessed. It is great. Um, So we had some uh, salvations, baptisms. And, and started making some plans, started building a nursery, started doing stuff, and so that was exciting. Uh, then, uh, then, while I was there, I came in. Uh, it worked out for me to come into the country. While I was there, um, the, uh, the Chilean government changed one of their laws regarding foreigners. Remember, we had lost our residency. Uh, residence? Our residency. We lost our residency and, and because we passed that one year time. During that time, they had a new law, or they adjusted that law to allow for two years in the exterior. And they had this debate that day while I was in the office of their version of the FBI trying to figure out what I was going to do with my paperwork. They were deliberating that day on whether they were going to apply that two-year rule to those that had already lost it or to everyone that was going to lose it. They, they, they decided to apply it to those that had already lost it. So all of a sudden, those doors that were closed flew wide open, and we could go back as residents. All I had to do was get my kids into the country before two weeks was over. (laughs) So flew home, grabbed the kids, flew back to Chile. Ah man, that was an expensive stamp, most expensive stamp I have ever got in my life. Uh, So we have them, they're residents. Again, we're all ready to go. God opened the doors wide open for us to get back there. The second time that I came back with the two older children, we all brought suitcases full of stuff in our church. They saw, Pastor, you brought suitcases. That's a good sign. So they, they're thrilled that we were able to, to come back. And that's the direction that we're going. We covet your prayers. We don't know how it's going to be. We don't know if the civil unrest that was there before COVID is going to resume like it was before COVID. We don't know. Uh, We don't know if COVID is over or they're going to lapse back into government control of things. We don't know. We don't know if my wife's health is going to maintain the way that it has been here. We don't know. There's a lot of we don't knows involved in this situation. What we do know is that we believe that it is God's will for us to go back and take the next steps with our church to continue in this journey with them. So we're excited about it. Our church is definitely excited about it. We cover your prayers towards that end. Okay. We're in Acts chapter number 27. Let's look at verse number one. Acts 27.1, I think we're gonna have a message tonight that'll be helpful, uh, hopefully it'll be interesting. Um, pastor said, you have only two hours to preach today, so as long as we're good there. I said, Pastor, don't worry. I would rather people wish they heard me more than wish they heard me less. That's been my, my philosophy of preaching for a long time, and so far, it has served me okay. So, Acts chapter 27. Verse number one, we're going to read a little bit. Uh, Before we do, let's pray, and then we'll get into the message, and then we're going to read a a few verses of Scripture. But let's pray first, and then we can get into this. Lord, thank you for all that you've given to us today. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this wonderful church to be able to be part of, to be able to visit today and to, to know folks here. Thank you for the Reynolds family and all the things that they are doing to follow your will in this place. Thank you for everyone that is here that decided to come to church today. Father, help us tonight to be able to take something from your word and to apply it into our lives. Help nobody here to leave without something changing as a result of what your word has said to them. We love you and thank you for all that you've given to us and help us to have a good service. Amen. Okay, so Acts 27. Here's a story. You, you've you seen the Apostle Paul. You all know the Apostle Paul, right? He's probably the best Christian in the new testament he wrote 14 books of the bible in here we have the end of his story he's already appealed to caesar uh, he was getting ready to be torn apart literally by his Jew, by the jewish family that he are not his family but the jews that was his family they were getting ready to tear him apart accusing him of heresy all these things and then the romans got involved and arrested him for his own protection and then they weren't going to continue protecting him so he appealed Caesar. As a Roman citizen, he had the right to be heard by Caesar himself. So he said, I appeal to Caesar. That meant he was going to be shipped from where he was to where Caesar was so that he could have his hearing. Ironically, a few days later, they said, hey, if he had not appealed to Caesar, this guy might have been set at liberty because he has not done anything wrong, but God was working behind the scenes to get him where he was supposed to be going. Um, So he's on this trip to Rome. Lots of things have happened. It's not a smooth trip. I mean, he didn't get on an airplane to go to Rome. It didn't work that way back then. I know I know this is new information for us, but he had to sail in a boat. That's something I would never want to do. By the way, if there are there any mariners in here, you like getting on on the boats and sailing? Oh man, this is a great crowd. Oh, one person, brother. Okay, I, I'll. I, I don't. I don't know if I can. I can identify with you or not because I don't understand at all wanting to be on the water. Some people love it. Some people enjoy it. Uh, my some of my family enjoys it, but I do not like being on the water. I would not like to participate in this story in the Bible. Some of the stories, I would have loved to have been there to watch, to see. Not this one. I I can contently stay far, far away from this story and never have any desire to be in this one, to see anything about it. So here's what it is. They are on a boat on the way to Rome. Let's read what it says. Verse number one says this. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus band. And when they had launched from there, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Bad sign number one, winds were contrary. Verse number seven, I'm gonna be skipping some verses. I'll try to tell the number of the verses as we go. Verse seven, and when we had sailed slowly many days, that's not a position you wanna be in, by the way. You don't want to have to sail slowly. It's like when your car... Um, is overheating, you don't have enough antifreeze, or you don't have enough oil in your car, and you have to go really, really slowly to keep it from overheating. We've been there before. It's not a fun place to be. Paul and his company is sailing slowly. They're not making any progress in this voyage. And scarce were come over against uh, Sindus, uh, the wind not suffering us. We sailed under Crete over against Salome. Verse number 13, and when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose... Loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete, but not long after, there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive, and, and I just need to pause right here for just a moment. Brother, Pastor, uh, y'all know where this is going, right? Okay, uh, we, won't talk about, we won't talk about that. We'll keep on going, okay? Verse 16, and running under a certain island, which is called Clouda, we had much work to come by the boat. And when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship, fearing they should fall into the quicksands, strake sail, and so were driven. So I'm not seeing if, I'm not under, I'm not knowing if you're getting the full picture here. They were in a very, very bad predicament. These were prof- some of them professional sailors, they were scared. They did not know if they were gonna come off the other side of this trip. It might be their last voyage. There was so many things going wrong, so many things that were were uh, uncertain about how things were going to be. This wind was contrary. They couldn't get where they were going. It was, it was bad, and it's about ready to get worse. When uroclodon, whatever, that was a term for a, a big storm that was commonly in that area, when a uroclodon came up to them, it was a big problem. It's like being in Florida Whenever a hurricane comes, it's not a good position to be in. That's the situation these guys were in. Could you imagine being in a small vessel out of the coast in the ocean? You couldn't even see land out in Florida when a hurricane comes in. I do not want to be in that position. I could not even imagine that position, but that's where they were at. Verse number 18, and we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened The ship. So they're being tossed to and fro by these winds, lots of wind, lots of waves, light and dark. You know, you're there in the daytime and you can't just push pause for nighttime to have a good night's sleep. No, you are constantly, 24-7, being tossed with this wind, nothing certain, nothing stable, and you, you're, you're having a difficult time. You've you probably lost your lunch several times, and you have given up the desire to eat at all. You do not want to have anything else. All you want to do is to get through this storm. It was so bad that they started lightening the ship. What does it mean to lighten the ship? Well, the ship is in the middle of the ocean, and it it, uh, it has it's got things it's carrying. It's not just going for a joyride. There's things that are in the boat, not just the prisoners. The the uh, centurion was able to use the ship that was already going in a certain area. Added the prisoners to the ship, but they were already doing something. They were already carrying goods from one place to another. So these professional sailors that were out here trying to make money. That's the whole purpose of what they were doing. They're trying to make money. It was their business. They're so scared that they take all the stuff that they're trying to sell where they're going to and start throwing it off the boat. They're fearing that the boat was too heavy, that all the waves coming in and being tossed to and fro, that the boat needed to be lightened. They threw everything that they could out of the boat. They lightened it as much as possible. Uh, Verse number 19, And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. All right, now we are next level scared right now. Okay, you can throw away your goods. Okay, I'll just take a loss on this one. I'll, I'll, be, I'll wash my hands of on this one. I'll take a loss, but I'm, I'm still okay. But when you start throwing away the tackling of the ship, this is a really bad situation. The tackling, what is that? This is the ropes. These are the, the metal pulleys that are there. These are the, the sails. This is all the stuff that's involved in making the ship, this, this vessel, from being a functioning directional machine to being a lifeboat. That's all that it is now. It has no more tackling. They threw everything else off the boat in order to just stay above the water, to keep their head above the water. That's their main goal, is staying alive. Not even get rid of their profits. Just keep us alive. We'll drift as long as we have to drift, but don't let us sink. Do you see the severity of the situation? You see, the, the, this is three days now. They've been going through this. They have no hope in sight. Uh, Verse number 20, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Have you ever been there before? Where you are in the middle of a problem. Maybe it's not a boating problem. Maybe you're not sailing somewhere. But life has got you in a situation where you have no hope in sight. I don't understand how this is working, this life is contrary to me, I, I'm not getting anything out of life, I'm, I've cut every, everything out of my life, I'm just trying to live, I'm just trying to survive this problem. Whatever the storm in your life is or has been, you're just trying to keep your head above water and all hope that you should be saved is taken away, you've just given up. Oh man, I, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and that joke where you see, okay, there's a light and it's, it's not it's, it's a train, you know, it's coming for me. There's no hope at all in my situation. I've given up entirely. You can see it on people's faces sometimes. When you see them, when you when you know what they're going through, and there's a fight, there's a battle. There was a, a, a family that during COVID, uh, they, one of them got COVID, and it was, it was a battle back and forth, and there was a look on this lady's face, that yes, we're going to get through this, and yes, we're praying, and yes, we're going for it, and you could see the hope on her face. But then there was a change to where all hope was lost, and you could see it all over her face. It was just done, and I felt so sorry, so bad for this, and there was nothing that anyone could do about it. And it's not just COVID or other sicknesses. I mean, there's all kinds of sicknesses that were out there, but sometimes difficult situations in life. We're trying to make things work, and then all of a sudden it's just there, there is no way that we can make this work out. There is no hope. This is where these guys were at. No hope whatsoever. Uh, verse number 27 now. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in, in, in Aridia, about midnight... The shipmen deemed that we we drew near some country. Uh, Then, uh, verse 29, then uh, fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. So picture it here. And we're we're getting through the story and we'll start making some applications here pretty soon. Um, Midnight, you can't see anything. It is dark. It is really, really dark. There is no traffic lights anywhere. There is no stars anywhere. You are pitch black. You can't see your hand right here. I mean, there is nothing. Maybe there's a little bit of fire around the ship, but if I understand it correctly, it was raining really hard. It's really hard to keep fire going when it's raining really hard. You are blind. Nothing is, is going well. Midnight, uh, raining, you're soaked to the bone. I don't like being soaked. I like being nice and dry and warm, and it's, it's a nice, fuzzy feeling. I don't, being, I don't like being wet, and, and <laughs> my kids laugh at me all the time when we try to go get into a, into a river or into a lake or something to go swimming. I will take my time getting inside that water, and it will take one toe at a time trying to get in because I don't like getting cold at all. These guys were soaked to the bone. Can't see raining, not enjoying it, 14 days into a killer storm. In here, we didn't read it, but they haven't eaten in two weeks. Two weeks without food. Now, two hours without food, we start getting famished. It's, it's rough life, okay? Two weeks, these guys are not eating anything. They are bad. I mean, if you can find a man that's not eating for two weeks, something is wrong, I mean, deadly wrong with the situation. Uh, chained to others or surrounded by criminals— Picture it, the Apostle Paul right there. He's not done anything wrong, but he is a criminal. He is being taken to a, an appeal hearing where he's been going, and these other prisoners with him, who knows what they've done, but I can't imagine they were a great company. What did you do? Yeah, I killed 20 people. What did you do? I stole them. I don't know. What did you do? I'm a preacher. You know, I don't, you know it, it, it couldn't have been great, but they're sitting here in this miserable situation, chained to each other. They're, they're, this is not good. Verse number 36. Now, here's the turning point. You saw what happened. Midnight, they threw four anchors out. Now, verse 36. Then were they all of good cheer. And they also took some meat. And when.